business to new insane revenue levels doesn't have to be overwhelming. It's all about the right strategy, team, efficiencies, and confidence. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Evolution Podcast. With over 1 million downloads, it's the go-to business podcast dedicated to business owners who want to evolve out of operating in the day-to-day and make their dreams come true. I'm your host, Annette Walter, and I'm so happy you are here. As a former banker, I have now been an entrepreneur for over 15 years and have started, grown, acquired, and sold over 20 multi-million dollar companies to date. Together, you and I will strengthen your existing business, build your dream team and process, grow your wealth and legacy, all while surrounding you with a community of rockstar entrepreneurs just like yourself. Are you ready to evolve? Let's get started. Hey there, welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to share the interview with you this week. I am joined by Tony Ulwick. Tony is the pioneer of jobs to be done theory, the inventor of the outcome-driven innovation process, and the founder of strategy and innovation consulting firm Stratagen. He has applied his ODI process at some of the world's leading companies across nearly all industries to inform breakthrough innovations. He is so kind and generous with everything that he shares here, and I know that you will really enjoy this interview. I appreciate you being here, and I encourage you to think about innovation in your business, and I'd love to hear more about what's happening right now with you in your business. If you haven't had the chance to schedule a free strategy session for you to talk about you and your team, let's do it. The link is in the bio, and enjoy the interview with Tony. Thanks for being here, entrepreneur. Keep evolving. I am so, so proud of you. Welcome, Tony. How are you today? Doing great, Annette. Thank you. How are you? I am great. Thank you so much for being here. I'm joined by Tony Alwick this morning. He is the founder of Stratagen, and I could just tell that you have so many great things to share with us about your entrepreneurial journey and what you are doing right now with all of the wonderful things at hand. So why don't you just start wherever you'd like to kind of start with your story? Sure. Yeah, I'll go way back. Might as well start at the beginning, right? Good. I love it. I love uh, it. So uh, I, I started my career as a product planner at IBM back in the 1980s. And I worked on a product that was called uh, the PC Junior. And this was supposed to be IBM's uh, brilliant entree into the home computer market. Uh, there was Apple getting into the market back then. And IBM uh, was the, you know, the gorilla in the space. And they thought they could just come in and take it over. Well, um, the the day after that product was introduced, the headlines in the Wall Street Journal read, the PC Junior is a flop. And I thought, oh my God, how do they, how did, how can they say that? We just put it out yesterday. Can, can we give it a week? Right. <laughs> right. And so uh, the unfortunate thing is it was a flop. Uh, it was a oh. flop and they called it. And I, I couldn't imagine, uh, you know, a company like IBM spending all its vast resources on something that would fail. It turned out to be a billion dollar failure. Wow. Uh, we worked on it for another year, try to get things turned around. Just it did not get any traction. And this got me very interested in innovation as a as a process. I thought, you know, clearly something went wrong. There's got to be a better way. And, you know, as it turns out, lots of companies face that same problem and they still face that same problem today. 
uh, most innovations uh, fail. You know, it, uh, startup success rates are about 5% or less. Uh, venture-backed firms have less than a 10% success rate. So it's uh, it's an interesting place to, to be. So I, I spent my last uh, five years uh, at IBM trying to figure out a better way to innovate. And I came up with a, an approach that I wanted to go try uh, in the marketplace. So that was my start of my entrepreneurship. I left IBM in 1991 mm-hmm. with a process in mind um, and we call outcome-driven innovation, which would, uh, which was really aimed at larger companies since that was my background. Right. Um, and you know, working with them to use it to create breakthrough products. So um, that was in 1991. And one of my first clients was uh, Cordis Corporation. Mm-hmm. They were down here close to where I live, convenient. <laughs> and um, uh, they, uh, they, had, they were in the angioplasty balloon market space, and they had about 1% market share uh, had declined, and they needed to turn around their, their business. So um, I convinced them that I could help them, and they were kind enough to let me. They paid me. It was great. <laughs> great. <laughs> my, first, my first paid uh, assignment. Yeah. And uh, it turned out great. Uh, a, a year and a half later, they introduced uh, a line of new products, uh, all of which became number one or two in the marketplace. They increased their market share to over 20%. Wow. Uh, they discovered one opportunity uh, that we that we found in our work that uh, we suggested that they triple down their resources and be first to market because it was such a off the chart uh, unmet need. And that was to minimize the likelihood of restenosis or the recurrence of the blockage. And uh, they did that with a product that's called the stent. They were first to market with that product. Wow. And the stent in it of itself became a billion dollar industry in less than two years. Wow. And their stock went from $16 to $108. They got bought out by J and J it was a great story. So I I felt really uh, thrilled, of course, and, uh, and validated that the approach that we'd come up with really works. And uh, that's that was back in 1991. Since then, I've worked with dozens of other companies, large, medium, small startups, uh, government agencies to do the same thing. You know, try to come up with breakthrough solutions in markets that they're struggling with or, or want to enter. So a long history there and so from there that's just set the stage and you can dig in wherever you'd like absolutely and thank you for that backdrop i really like that you use the word validated and thankfully you were able to gain that you know with one of your first clients right which is great so the outcome driven innovation tell us about how we can translate that a little bit to uh, businesses that are going through those breakthrough levels of like the 5 million to the 10 million to the 25 million in revenue. Sure. Well, as you're trying to grow, of course, you know, you're trying to um, help people. You're trying to create value for people. That's in essence, what every business is there for. And what we discovered as part of the outcome driven innovation process is that um, people buy products to get jobs done. Right. That's it, right? They're loyal to getting a job done. And if you could study the job that people are trying to get done and break it down into little component parts and figure out how they measure success along each step of the way, then that gives you a blueprint for continued growth through all those 
phases that you've yeah. described uh, regard, you know, regardless, because um, we like to find a market as a group of people getting a job done. That's part of our innovation approach. So what we recommend to our clients is that that's the first thing they do, figure out, well, who's the group of people that you're creating value for and what is the job they're trying to get done? Not, not what product, you know, do you right. sell or, or what does your product do? It's what are they trying to do? Like right. they're buying your product, but they may be buying several products. They may be integrating other services with it. They may be doing a whole bunch of things. And what you're trying to figure out is what are they trying to accomplish at a bigger level? Right. And once you've got that plotted out, that's your plan uh, for years to come is to help them get more and more of the job done until eventually you could get the entire job done on a single platform. So if you think about the music industry, yeah, you know, LPs, for example, LPs only get a little bit of the uh, job of listening to music done. They just store it. You've got to play it. You have the record player, you have uh, recording equipment. You know, it, it's a giant industry, mm-hmm. but over the years, we've gone from uh, LPs to CDs, which didn't get the job done that much better, but audio quality was good. And then it went on to MP3s, which allowed you to start putting together playlists and then Spotify and uh, you know, and services like that, that really help get more and more of the job done. So now it's a lot easier to curate a list of songs and be able to listen to your favorite songs in the order that you want and mm-hmm. add and subtract and so on. It's taken, like it. de- it's taken decades to get there, right? And And that's what I like about defining a market the way we do. Because it provides the entrepreneur with a, a, a long-term focal point for value creation. So you're not, you're not debating year after year. Well, who's our customer? What are we trying to do? Right. right. All that's, all that's settled. And that's, that's great when you're trying to lead a small company or any size company, uh, you know, having that vision uh, clear in your, in your mind and communicated well across the organization is of course really critical. And it's just a great way to, um, you know, to level set the organization around something that's customer centric. It's, Hey, we're just going to help customers do what they're trying to do. By the way, here's what they're trying to do. Right. right. <laughs> and work towards that year after year. So that's that at, at a high level, that's what we're trying to do, but it goes much deeper. Well, we call it outcome driven innovation because when people are trying to get a job done, they have a, a set of measurable outcomes they're trying to achieve along each step of the way. Like if you're cooking a meal, for example, you want to you know, minimize the time it takes to prep the food. You want to minimize the likelihood of overcooking the food or undercooking the food. Mm-hmm. And, and these are things that, you know, you may not be stating out loud as you're cooking, but um, they're measures of success along the way. Mm-hmm. And those measures don't change over time. Right. People have been trying to minimize the time it takes to prep food and minimize the likelihood of under overcooking you know, for, for decades or, or longer, right? And so this is the beauty of that as well. It, once you come up with this set of metrics that people use to measure value, they become your your granular focal points for value creation. So along what dimensions we have to create more value. So it begins to lay out this roadmap for growth over the long term. Mm-hmm. So the concept's simple, right? That's, hey, people buy products to get a job done. Uh, let's figure out what job they're trying to get done when they come to us mm-hmm. and help them do it in a very efficient manner. Right. I love, I love the simplicity of it, honestly, because it's like, let's just break this down in simplest form and then start with that. Right. Oftentimes 
our teams or just us as business business owners, we tend to overcomplicate things, right? Well, that's easy and it's fun too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. So tell us about um, one of the things, well, how does it feel now, you know, fast forward to 2022 versus when you first started your business? Well, you know, the whole industry's changed. Um, you know, back when we got into the innovation space, there really was no innovation space. Um, right. It wasn't even uh, like a, a teaser word out there, right? <laughs> it, it wasn't a thing yet, you know? And um, so there were very few competitors and we had to train people to, just to think about innovation as a process. You know, the debate back then was, is innovation even a process or is it just this thing that happens, uh, um, you know, it's randomly uh, and you hope that it occurs and you hope it happens to you. And I, I'd say, you know, fast forward 20 plus years, people recognize innovation as a key business process. And there's so many players out there who are trying to uh, help people create winning products and help them with innovation. But um, it's been interesting because it's taken, it's, it's this two camps. It's gone to two directions. Um, one is more like an idea management uh, kind of approach to innovation where the goal is really to come up with lots of ideas, manage ideas, and try to find the idea that's going to win in the market, right? And uh, a lot of companies have invested big dollars in you know, creating software that tracks all this stuff and companies buy off on this. But it might be that's really a failed approach to innovation because what you're doing is you're just coming up with lots of ideas, but someone then has to figure out, well, is this idea of interest to anyone in my market mm-hmm. is it uh, does it satisfy an unmet need mm-hmm. uh, across what percent of the population and it would be an enormous amount of work to take each of those ideas and there's often thousands of them and go analyze them in the market so we take the other approach we call it the the needs first approach you know, let's let's look at all those measurable outcomes people are trying to achieve because you're already in a market so you don't have to debate that right Let's look at all these measurable outcomes, figure out which ones are underserved. So in other words, which ones are really important to our customers, but not well satisfied with our solution. Right. So right. We, can, we can go ask them that. We can go ask 600 customers or whatever number, and we can quantify it and we can figure out which needs in priority order we should go work on. So this is extraordinarily helpful uh, in terms of you know continuing to grow your business because the way I like saying it is the opportunities migrate. They go from right. that part of getting the job done to this part of getting the job done. And if you can keep track of that over your years of running an organization, you can be on what I call the most efficient path to growth, right? You're, you're always working on the, the need that's the most underserved across the biggest population, mm-hmm. right? And so from a resource standpoint, you're saying, hey, I'm going to do the fewest number of things that will have the greatest impact on the biggest customer population. Mm-hmm. And as a small company growing, that's really important because absolutely, uh, you know, you, you want to be able to accelerate the pace at which you're creating value for your customers and thinking about it that way makes great sense. So those are the two big camps. And, yes. you know, so fast forward all these years later, uh, those camps still exist. They're entrenched. Okay. And, and the, the mindset's just uh, very different. Like the people in the ideas first, space uh still today think innovation is not a process um customers don't know what they want customers have needs they don't know they have late it's late needs they describe them um 
And see, that's all true in solution space. Yeah, you know, like people didn't know they wanted a microwave, but they did know they wanted to minimize the time it takes to cook their food and to clean up and minimize the likelihood of overcooking and undercooking. You know, so they they can tell you what they're trying to accomplish, but they're not the scientists or the engineers. So right. don't go ask customers what solution you should give them, right? right? That's that's your job as the innovator to figure that out. Yes. So setting this all up as a you know a needs first approach that says, hey look, you know, we're in business to help our customers get their job done better. Let's understand their job better than they understand it and help them every step of the way. And that's really the formula to success in any business. I love it all. I love it all. So what excites you about the future and innovation? Well, I, you know, what I've been trying over the years, I've said, you know, I really want to change the way the world innovates. And so I've been studying not just the innovation process, but how do you get people to adopt something that's so very different? Because mm-hmm. it requires it requires a different mindset. So this has taken us into the education space a bit. And so for the past couple of years, I've been working on a uh, learning management system set of courses uh, that that do a, a number of things. One is change the mindset, right? L- let's look at innovation through the lens of, you've heard the quote, people don't want the quarter inch drill, they want the quarter inch hole, right? Uh, let's look at the world through the lens of the hole maker, not the drill maker, right? Because mm-hmm. it, it looks really different. So describing that world is, is a lot of fun. So one of the courses is just that, right? And uh, the next course really gets into, so if you think that way, what can you accomplish? Right. So it, it supplies some of these frameworks that make you make, so you can see how all the pieces can come together and how you can uh, innovate in a predictable fashion. Uh, the third piece is really aimed, and the fourth piece is aimed at practitioners. Mm-hmm. Like, so how do you, if you if you want to go practice this as an entrepreneur and bring it into your company, what do you go do? Someone has to practice it, right? So the third course lays out all the rules and guidelines. It's kind of the science behind the innovation process. Right. And then the fourth one is now I'm practicing, right? I'm out there, I'm doing customer interviews, I'm quantifying need statements, I'm analyzing data, I'm segmenting markets, and I'm finding the, those opportunities for growth so I can be on the most efficient path. And um, and this is what excites me because uh, I, I think if we can change the way the world innovates and get them past that ideas first mindset and get them on this uh, path that, um, you know, the, the world in general will, will benefit. Absolutely. It's, it's such an interesting topic. And, you know, I love that you're saying some really great keywords here, you know, validating, simplifying, really figuring out, um, you know, the problem and going and, and what needs to be done about that, right? What is the job that actually needs to be done? So what, what keeps you ticking as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, as you're growing and evolving, what keeps you going? Successes. It's, it really comes down to that. Um, I really love uh, seeing companies take what we've created and go create something to better the world. It's amazing. And the first time I felt that feeling was, I already told the story, was back with Cordis, my first client. When they came out with that set of products, um, uh, I, that was thrilling. I, I had I really had no idea the impact the stent would have on um on the population it, yeah, it's really been, yeah yeah uh, i run into people all the time that say yeah that product saved my 
you know, family members. Absolutely. And, you know, to see, um, you know, that you, you had a hand in creating things that really help uh, improve the world is motivating enough. Absolutely. I mean, I can only imagine how amazing that feels. I'm like feeling it just right now for you. <laughs> so, so before we wrap this up, I want to ask you, do you have a personal motto or mantra that you kind of say to yourself when you're having any sort of down days or moments of doubt in your business? Uh, well, I'm a pretty optimistic guy. So I just take a deep breath and say, okay, every problem has been solved before by, right. by some, especially in running a small business. There's been a lot of small businesses. We don't have to reinvent uh, the world, right? We just have to go find the answer. So yes. as, as tough as things seem, as insurmountable as problems might feel in the moment, um, I, I, you know, it's, it's all about just taking a deep breath and going to find the right answer, uh, preferably from some expert that has the answer. But in, in the world today, it's, it's so much easier to find those answers than when I first started uh, and with the internet. I mean, it's back then it's your network, right? Who do you know right, right. Uh, here? You know, you've got uh, so many people that you can access to get the right information. And um, no, I think that's keeps your calm and allows you to sleep at night. <laughs> it's amazing. It's, I really like that. Just to take the deep breath and find the answer, right? Yeah. That's yeah. great. So Tony, how can we, find out more about you, support you, um, reach out to you, learn more about your resources that you mentioned? Sure. So the company website is strategen.com. So that's okay. strategy with an N on the end of it. That's easy. Mm -hmm. uh, you can reach out to me directly at Ulwick at strategen.com if you want to start a conversation. Awesome. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn under Ulwick. So That's great. That's great. And we'll drop followers. all of those links in the show notes and everything. Thank you so much for your time and sharing your story. And um, I really appreciate you being here. Nice talking to you. Annette, thanks so much. I appreciate the invite. Absolutely. Wow. What an episode. Did you learn something new? I hope so. I am so happy you were able to be here with us today. I'd love to hear from you. Leave me a review and I will be sure to read it and respond to you. Also, if you'd like to email me, my email address is urock at iEvolveConsulting.com. Hit subscribe and every Tuesday you'll get notification when the next episode drops. We really have some amazing interviews and tips in the future. Anything you need, I'm here for you. I want you to keep your momentum. I want to help you stay accountable. I want you to stay inspired. I want you to evolve. So please let me know what you need and I'd love to hear from you. Take care until next time.